welcome him. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, August 9th. I am Jared All, joined by Connor Holzkamp. Hello, hello. And Nick Sopris on the ones and twos. Hello. Fellas, I need a little bit of help, okay? I uh, try to do something nice for my wife. You know, I, I suggested, hey, let's do it. Let's do a date night. Let's do a movie night. Now, I don't go out to the theaters much, right? I, I don't want to do this. We're doing an at-home date night. And she texts back to me. She says, make sure we have snacks. I, I didn't really know where to go. What snacks do you get for a movie at home? I mean, do I go popcorn? Yeah, you definitely go popcorn. Got to go popcorn, right? And yeah. then for me, it's candy. I, I'm always a candy guy, right? What, what's your go-to for, for, for a movie night? What's your go-to candy or go-to food? Yeah, can, well, candy and popcorn. Can't that well, it? easy. And Bu- beer. Bunch of crunch. Beer. Oh, yeah. beer. See, I didn't think about beer. Bunch of crunch. Yeah, see, because you can now... Uh, it's one of the b- bonuses, you know, of uh, watching the movie at home is uh, yeah, barring a couple different theaters that do have a bar. Uh, generally speaking, you, you don't drink beer at the movies. Yeah, but I mean, be honest. They do guys, it at the Alamo. You, I, I never do, actually right? bought food at movie theaters. I always just brought in my own food. I mean, I'm not spending eight bucks on the candy bar that I can go to the grocery store and get for a dollar really? and bring in. I'm that guy. No, am I the only one? Well, uh, I, like, I do that too. I like popcorn, but you got to take a straw. Put it into the popcorn and then put the butter at oh, the bottom. No way! I have never heard you of that, and that is awesome. Yeah, it's good. Oh my! Because yeah, only the but, tops. But, but, but how good. do you get the butter to go into the? Just, well, usually the spout, a, the spout, spout of butter. It's skinny. The uh, yeah, the spout of yeah, butter you, is skinnier than the tube of said straw. It and might so be a little messy, but I, yeah. And then what you do, like and it. then what you do is like you pull the straw up a little bit. Like you could cut it, and you can cut it, and you lift it up so it goes into all layers of the corn. Oh wow! I know. Wow! Throw a little yeah. salt in that bad boy. Try this now. I'm going to the movies just to try that. I know, oh, right? I actually haven't been to a movie theater since before COVID and everything. So really? Now that I've been watching the movies at home, I just kind of have a hard time wanting to go spend all the money I would spend at a movie theater. Biggest regret? I should have seen. I haven't seen it yet, but I should have seen Top Gun in <sighs> the theater. I heard it was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't either. So I, I have heard the same thing that you, you're basically not a man if you haven't seen. The oh, is that right? Top Gun. Yeah. So we failed. We failed. But all right, well, thanks. That was really no help. But you know, I thought I'd get a bunch get, of crunch. Get, get some th- bunch of crunch. Where, where do you even find bunch of crunch? At the movie theater. At the movie theater. Yes. So I will go to the movie theater <laughs> to take that home. Then that's Correct. perfect. Yes. Good yeah, idea. they always Good have at the movie theater. They always have the bunch of crunch. They have the uh, sour straws. Uh, oh yeah, and then they have those weird cookie dough bites. Oh yeah, yeah, they always got mm. those, uh, and that's uh, M and M's. They always got some M and M's. Usually some sour, Skittles. sour or chocolate. What's your go to? Sour, oh, or sour chocolate? all day for me. You get one of each. Yeah. Little a little sour sweet. Mm. I, sour, I haven't sweet. officially had to like do away with chocolate because I have no self control. I will just eat. If I have candy in my house, I'll just <laughs> eat it. So I no longer can have chocolate. It's a shame because it's my favorite thing in the yeah, world. I'm not a chocolate but, guy. But I'm not I'm not so I, I don't get it. I don't like hate it. I just, yeah, it's, it doesn't yeah. do it for me. Honestly, my stomach feels so much better since I quit eating oh. so much chocolate. It's amazing. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> All right, guys. Moving on to some sports stuff. Broncos get ready to uh, start preseason week one against the Dallas Cowboys this week. Mm. Uh are we expecting any starters to play? I know uh, Hackett's been kind of quiet about that. He's been sort of uh, not not very specific on whether he's going to be playing guys. What are you thinking? Are we going to see anyone starting? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think so. I, th- I think anyone gonna... any any key guys starting. Maybe that's a better way. Of I putting think it. the pretty much the entire uh, starters will will play at least a little bit. I mean, 
What do they have now? Uh, is it two preseason games or do they have three? Three. They, have they three. still have three preseason games. Mm. So they just dropped the one since they added one regular season game. Yeah, still, I, I would imagine, obviously, people that are dealing with certain injuries. I know Cortland Sutton's been sitting with a shoulder. I don't think it's supposed to be anything major, but people like that you probably won't see play. But yeah, I do. I, I think you'll, you'll see Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy and, and D- Dim Boys out there for, um, you know, probably a drive or two. You know, maybe you, probably you just agree? a drive. You think we'll see him out there? I actually don't like the preseason at all. I wish they would mm. just go straight in, just do a, like a couple scrimmages and play. I don't really... I guess to answer your short question, probably I, I just don't care. Like I just really don't care. I wish they would. <laughs> now you said a couple scrimmages. Isn't that basically what the preseason is? A couple kind scrimmages. of like the suit up. You know the whole thing. The the they're making oh, money. It's off all about it. that money. Buddy. I just wish that we could just get right into it. They don't even play hardly at all anyway. So they're already slop. The first three four weeks of the season yeah. is so sloppy. See, I, don't I, don't, I don't care. I don't think I don't care. Likes the preseason, but if you get rid of the preseason, then how do you evaluate the practice? You know twenty thirty different players that are kind of on the bubble. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, I feel like the preseason I mean, that, is really that, more that. is that. in that essence more what preseason is for. It's not your starters. And especially at this point, nobody, nobody's playing like soap said that, that that's really not a big uh, factor, but the guy that's trying to make that 40th, the 53rd spot. Don't I mean, care. how do you fill your roster? You, you got to figure that out a little. I, here's what practice. I say. I, I, out I love the first preseason game. It's exciting. Oh, We're really? back, baby. We're back. After that, I'm there with you. I, I could care less uh, about the rest of them. It's just, it's just fun. It's there again. I've been waiting so long for football. I'm excited, especially this year. You get to see Russ. I do think he probably will be playing. Whether or not he should be, we'll discuss that in a minute, but... I definitely am excited to see Russ. Nick, in a, you, in a when's the last time you've seen an NFL practice? Uh, it was probably, probably two years ago, three yeah. years ago. So they don't hit at all. Correct. And, uh, how are you? I, I'm still just puzzled. How are you supposed to evaluate some of these players? Because these guys that are on the bubble, they do actually play very hard, full contact football. I don't think you can get that in a practice. I I just don't think. I so. don't know. I think they want that in a right. Practice. They're yeah, not, not going to do that. Yeah, but with the way the union is is set up and stuff like that, and the agreements to not hate each other, it's weak. Get it out. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> practice, perform, and they, and the they new, generally uh, don't even get picked up. Anyways, they get thrown on the practice squad. So that you already have your practice squad. What What do we think <laughs> of the new helmet blankets or whatever they're calling them? They're I, cute. I don't know. They're, they're cute. They look like uh, uh, NFL blitz big head mode. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. a little bit like that. You know, Goldeneye 007 big head, or what do they call it, Donkey Kong mode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they did call that. Yeah, didn't they? yeah. <laughs> I just. Um, yeah, the helmets or whatever. It's all kind of whatever right now. I'm like not – I'm excited, See, but just get me I, to You the and scene. I are on such a different page yeah, right now, so Nick. Boring. I'm so excited. Fancy football's coming up. I, I can't get enough. Give me some football this weekend. I can't wait for it. Yeah, once I've seen the one preseason game, typically you're not going to see much of the guys after that. I think especially now uh, you're only going to see a little bit of action. But in my mind, if we want to talk – should they be playing the starters? To me, I, I don't see any reason why any of the stars are playing more than about a half combined throughout these three games. It's ridiculous. What they're gaining is not huge. Russell Wilson's been throwing the ball to these guys a bunch. They know their timing. They understand that you need a little bit of rhythm within a game to understand the pace, calling plays, hack it, seeing his guys out there. I think he's the one calling the plays right for the offense. Mm-hmm. So... That's a that's all you need. You don't need these guys out there. You guys know how I feel. Don't put your guys at risk. Don't let them get injured. Keep these guys on the sidelines. What do you think, Connor? 
Ah, I'm a little different than you. I think I think it's good to get them out there for a little bit. I, and I think you will see, hey, regardless of whether they should, I think game two, you're going to see them play, you know, a whole half of football, maybe even more. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think that it's good to get, get them out there a little bit. And uh, that way you're not going into Seattle week one and not having any game reps whatsoever, really. I mean, again, I just don't think you really get that from practice. It's not the same thing. It's not... It's not the same when your guys can't go and hit you as a quarterback, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I've heard some interviews from former players, and it, it seems like it's not really real. The football season isn't real until you take that first hit. But for a know? veteran guy, does I mean, does he need that? No, no. Right? That's what no. I'm saying. Keep, get your young guys out there, sure. But all your key players, the Russell Wilsons, you know, pretty much anyone in the receiving core who you value because well, I don't you're, think, you're getting, I don't think very much, but you do need a little bit. Like, yeah, half, I, you a, know, half a play. Half. Yeah, sure. Half I, of I, a play. I, I, yeah, half, half of a play. Just half of one play. <laughs> yeah, let's get an offside and, and just, yeah, get out and just of go it. home. I could see that. So I, 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 could see, I, I could go with that. A half of a total of one half Yeah, give me like one quarter week one and one quarter week three and call it good. Or maybe it's week two. Whatever that That's is, good. But I'm also with Nick. I hate the preseason. It kind of sucks. Lame. But uh, you know, it's a necessary evil, as they say. You're gonna watch it though, anyways, right? Because you're a degenerate. Yeah, <laughs> might even bet on it. First study, <laughs> might even bet on it. Yep. All right. That's well, my DraftKings has been awfully quiet lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a little tough in the off season. I mean, at least for me, I don't bet on a whole lot other than football. So it gets a little quiet. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Plus, like Jared said over here, uh, you got Russell Wilson's been around the block, right? He's been there. He's done that. I'm not sure if he really needs a whole lot of practice. Found this stat from CBS. Most games with a 100-plus quarterback rating over the last five seasons Number one, Russell Wilson with 45. Number two, Tom Brady at 42. Three and four are tied with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, I, I, to your point, Jared, he's been there, man. He's been there. Now, obviously, he was uh, injured last season, right? It was an abbreviated season for him. Um, but I expect him to bounce back and, uh, you know, a few series here and there just to kind of get your your uh, feet under you a little bit, right? Get, get back to game speed a little bit. Just kind of also, um, you know, figure out how communication is going to work between the coaches, your quarterback, your, your offense. Um, that's all you need. It's really all you need, and the rest is just you know. It really is for those bubble guys. It really is for the bubble guys. That is what preseason is for and should be for. They could cut it back to one game. I think they could cut it back to one. One game, you think? Just one one game. And you know what? Maybe Maybe it's a second game with just all the backups playing. All the the third and fourth stringers are out there playing. Right. I think they could. you, You could do two games. Yeah. But you know, we started talking Nick about betting, and I actually found out recently that. You can bet on fantasy or on uh, preseason football games, which uh, yes. through Thrive Fantasy, I'm uh, yes. going to get in on a little bit of that action this weekend. And if uh, the rest of you out there like me are degenerates and need to get back to your daily and weekly gambling, you got to get on Thrive Fantasy too. Check them out. They do daily fantasy sports with prop bets. You could get in on contests like you do on a DraftKings or you can also do parlays which is always fun. It's a little bit different. Uh, Something that you don't see often being able to do the player props that way. Make sure when you sign up, use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D when you sign up, if you use that promo code, they will match up to $100. That's R-E-D sign up with Thrive Fantasy online, thrivefantasy.com 
or download the app. And Jared, if you, uh, you know, if you want to be a, be a gentleman and throw out to uh, the Twitterverse when you do make your parlay picks so that we can go ahead and jump on the opposite. Yeah, that's a good idea. That would be fantastic. I was thinking about this, and, and this is something that I've been talking to our production team about is is uh, maybe putting the three of us on blast and doing a weekly uh, weekly bet that we all have to put like our best bet out there and, and seeing who, who can... I like it. Keep, keeping some track of it, see who's, uh, who's winning and losing throughout the year. So uh, I just put it out there. So now it's there. So uh, the whole audience has heard, and now they're expecting it. So like wa- it. watch out for that coming up once the regular season gets going. We, we got to utilize our preseason here to make sure we're ready for our betting in the regular season. I think that's, that's right. the key here. And along with the start of football season comes the start of tailgate season. Although if you're a concert goer, you've maybe yeah. been tailgating all summer. I'm sorry. Are you? Uh, so are we moving off from the Broncos a little bit? Uh, we can. We can keep well, going. Back no, and no, forth no, no. I just. I just wanted no, to. Me- absolutely. I wanted to bring up and mention that actually today the. I know it's kind of a procedural move, but the ownership group actually approved the sale for 4.65 billion dollars uh, to the what's the what's the name Wal- the Walton. Mm, I'm spacing on it, but to the Walton family, right? The Walton family has purchased the Broncos. uh, And with that, Joe Ellis has stepped down as the CEO and president of the Broncos. Uh, He has agreed to be an advisor for this year to the new ownership group. But it's official, baby. The Broncos have been approved to be sold. That was the final barrier. So when I saw that today, I was like, oh. I, I thought it already was. I thought this was already a done deal a while ago. So I, I guess I didn't realize there was still the official process to happen no. yet to come. So, so there you go. Hey, b- bigger and brighter things in the future. I, I just wanted to mention that because, uh, you know, th- this was just like a couple hours before we're recording this. So I uh, didn't necessarily make it into our agenda. There's, I don't know if there's a whole bunch to talk about no, from it. But. And it's okay. We aren't going to move completely off of the Broncos. We'll keep getting back to that. That's, let's be honest, guys. It's really the only thing going on right now in Denver sports is Broncos. Everything else is pretty quiet. So we'll get back to that. But I do want to touch on the, the tailgating aspect of it, right? Mm. This is something that I know we go, we all, the three of us go to a lot of games. Connor, I know you have season tickets for the Broncos. I have season tickets for the CU Buffs. Soaps, you're more of a basketball guy right that's I mean, true but i do share uh connor's oh okay. season tickets so we try to go we've actually been trying to get the draft set up we do like a snake draft on on tickets so ooh, fun 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 yeah, yeah nice seats so what you guys do you guys tailgate do you tailgate yeah. where you go is that is that a, a tradition a routine for you guys uh you know what I, I so we've actually been season ticket holders in our family for quite some time now many many years um and no uh, tailgating has not been part of our tradition Unless you want to count tailgating, meaning like going to a restaurant or bar before the game. We don't have a parking pass. We don't go into the parking lot, bring the cooler and the corn, ba- you know, the cornhole. Uh, so, no, actually, I, I do not really tailgate. Uh, one of our one of our good buddies does tailgate. So we'll usually go say hi to him while he's kind of down there a little bit before. But uh, for me, I just I go down to one of the establishments on Federal and just uh have, have a couple cold ones and get some food in me and, and go right to the game, you know? Well, boy, I wish I made the big bucks like you, Connor, man. I can't afford <laughs> to hit them bars before the game. That, but between before the game, then, then the beer's in the he game. Also buys, it's expensive. He also buys food at the movie theater. Can you believe right? that? Yeah, Unbelievable. Right? I mean, I know. you know, for me, Unreal. it's, it's, it's it really even is. beyond just taking advantage of not spending bar prices on all your drinks, but it's the camaraderie. And again, I, I, I have season tickets for college football, which is different. When you're in Boulder, it's a different vibe. 
I'm starting to get to the point where I'm old and I'm the old guy there. So, but it's fun. The college kids are having a great time. You know, we're we're out there. We're partying. Usually, we got a little grill going that we bring with us. It's a great time. You sit out there. We've actually to the point now where we'll pull out an iPad or a speaker and we're listening to the rest of the games. We're paying attention, watching the rest of the games. I know at I almost said Invesco. I literally just almost said Invesco. What do we call it? Empower. Empower, Empower field. field. Mile high. At mile high. They have a screen that plays games at least at times. I don't know if it's always going, but... Is it in the uh, mini mile high? Is that what you're talking about? I'm not sure. I just remember watching Yeah, it's there. the old uh, mile high stadium where they play games. Yeah, the, the mini mile high stadium. Yeah, okay. they, they put it on a screen up there where the scoreboard is on that miniature stadium. You're missing out, Connor. I'm just saying, you've had season no, tickets for, for a lifetime, and you guys don't tailgate. But you're, so you talked about the camaraderie. There is perfect com- camaraderie, if you will, at the, at the restaurant establishments around the area, too. It's just... Instead of sitting in either the cold or the heat, you get a nice climate-controlled uh, zone. And, you know, it would be different if I was back in my hey, you know, college days where I'm, Con- I'm expected Here to Connor drink. is age 33, <laughs> not in his heyday anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> where, where I was expected to drink more than, you know, where I was going to plan on drinking more than maybe a couple, right? It, it's different when you're just having two drinks at a at a bar it's not like it's you're spending a fortune okay so here, if it's know? not a if it's not a sports game what about a concert for a concert are you tailgating oh yeah i am yeah for sure what's di- what's different what's different ah uh, honestly I've, i'm not really sure other than the fact that maybe i'm still trying to drink more than two drinks at a uh, concert <laughs> oh uh, that's the key yeah, Connor yeah. goes to the bar to limit his drinking i think Correct. this is actually good <laughs> advice connor so i i actually you and i both went i don't think nick you went to we went to the oar dispatch concert no i did not go see mark at the oar concert uh not. that was a mm-hmm. couple weekends ago now uh fellas I don't remember the end of that show. That's the first time I've uh, <laughs> been in that state in a long time. And that's it hit me. I had that exact I'm like you can't day drink and then night drink. It, it just it's it's one or the other. You got to choose, buddy. You got to choose. If you've been drinking in the afternoon tailgating, you got to cut it off once you get in there. I did not uh, needless to say there's a reason why I have date night planned with my wife huh. because uh, we're still trying to make up for uh, for drunk Jared. Drunk Jared's oh, not no. a, not a good person. Not a good person. <laughs> Although I have tailgated for some games. I, I, I definitely in college going to a couple CU games. I've definitely tailgated before. It's a lot of fun. I, I think my favorite tailgating experience. Now, this is going to be blasphemous to uh, you over here. Okay. But I, I went to college uh, for one year in Nebraska, and I went to one of the Nebraska uh, Cornhusker games. And I they're literally, fun. I, I can't even remember who they're. I think they were playing. Mm, I, they I lost. I'll just I'll, I, I'll spoil. I cannot remember who they were. Uh, they won, but I can't remember who wow. they were playing. But I went out and bought a hat of the other team just to spite Nebraska. Uh, you know, but I went there. It was so much fun. Everyone was just having a great time in the parking lot before, and uh, you know, it's like the city comes alive. The other one that was great was Lambeau Field. We went to yeah, a we went I've to heard, a, that's we, one I yeah, we went to a Bronco game down there, and uh, it is crazy. If you've ever been to Lambeau, it is like in the middle of a suburbs, right? And there's just a residential area, just kind of all around, and all these people just basically open their doors and backyards and everything. Well, they're all owners. They all own the team. (laughs) Right, right. There's that too. So uh, it's kind of a cool atmosphere. It's just everyone is so... It's almost like, hey, our house is your house is their house. You know, it's it's an interesting atmosphere uh, being right there in the suburbs. And I feel like that almost has more of that college town vibe to it, right? It does a little bit. Yeah, it was was pretty cool. So I'm not above tailgating. I like tailgating. I just 
when you're going to so many Broncos games a year and, man, traffic getting in, traffic getting out, you know, I'm settling for a nice meal beforehand at the uh, at a restaurant. Okay. So you just, just real quick to, to veer on what you were just saying there about Lambo. That, to me, is the bucket list stadium for me. That's the one I, oh, sure. I really want to go to a game to, game at. You've been there, Connor. What would be your bucket list? For a for, for a stadium to go see any a game stadium at. any stadium it could be any stadium uh, in the sport Fenway Fenway I've been to Fenway yeah I have not been to Fenway I got to got to make it there and um you know it's a shame I didn't see old Yankee Stadium before it got torn sure. down uh, I would love I would love to I I know it's a surprise to you Jared but I would love on my bucket list to go knock down every single MLB stadium that, that would be, be cool. that would be my you know dream of a bucket list that's a retirement thing once you retire that's what old people do yeah you Mm -hmm. just go to the stadium when i feel like i'd as much as i actually enjoy watching some other sports i love watching baseball but i enjoy watching football more than baseball to be honest um what yeah i know i I don't know know. i don't know Uh, but i i have significantly more interest in going to every single mlb stadium than i would in going to every nfl stadium you know uh, yeah i think and it'd be harder to do i as almost well. feel like nfl statement stadiums have just gotten cheapened by all the sponsorship and the way everything is everything's just gone to a dome and and you got the three or four just crazy you know SoFi, and you got jerry's world and those are those are a couple that'd be awesome to go to but i don't know it just kind of feels like it's taken away from a lot of the other the the classic stadiums you don't really have that anymore that's where lambo to me is is the big one what about you nick uh i'm actually going to go uh soccer or american football for all of you there's there's two that i want to go to i hear sporting goods park i've been oh okay (laughs) it's okay uh i wouldn't mind going to azteca the one in Mexico, Mexico. City. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that one's supposed to be out of control. Huge. Huge, huge. and really crazy. And then Old Trafford in uh, the UK yeah, would be a uh, dream stadium for me. I didn't so. even think that route, but that's a, I like that. That is yeah. a good and, way And to you take know it. those stadiums are nuts. Yeah, it'd be awesome to catch a World Cup game in Mexico City. Mexico is the home team. I definitely would not wear an opposing team hat or colors, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's probably smart. Yeah, safe. That's probably safe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so all right. Getting back to the Broncos there. We had a little fun talking some tailgate stuff, all that stuff. But we, we did kind of breeze past a few things with the Broncos. I got carried away in the moment there. And I do want to touch back on a few things. Uh, a couple of the – I mean, there's really not nearly the positional competition that we've seen in, in a lot of areas. But I think one of them that we're seeing is in that running back room where it's sort of that changing of the guard. And at least everyone really feels like Javante Williams is taking over that role. Do you guys expect to see him as the feature back this year? Or will it be more of a split between him and Melvin Gordon? I think it's going to be a split. What would you say the split if you were to put a number to it? Uh, 55-45. Really? So you're thinking even. Oh, yeah. That's basically what it was last year, I, I would say, maybe a little heavier in the favor of Melvin Gordon. Well, I mean, with, with injuries and stuff. Yeah, when they were when they were both healthy, it seemed to be, a, for all intents and purposes, a 50-50 split. You know, Melvin Gordon was the starter, but essentially, uh, the way they did it last year was, I, I'll be curious to see if they do the same thing, because it's different coaching staff, but last year... They basically would give, you know, Melvin an entire drive, right? Um, sometimes even an entire quarter, right? And then Javante would come in and take like the entire next quarter. You know what I mean? They gave him like really big chunks uh, rather than kind of like mixing and matching on any given series. Uh, but no, I, ex- I expect it to be very similar as, as last year. You're just going to want to try to save that, save the tread on Javante Williams, and you don't bring back a guy like Melvin Gordon, even on a one-year deal, and pay him like that if he's not going to be a significant part of the offense. So, 
What about you? Do you agree? I think it more comes down to load management for Javante. So I, I think in that case, you're bringing back Melvin Gordon. I think they're just going to kind of ride the hot hand like it seemed like they did last year. Going back to the Philly game when they decided to have Melvin Gordon run the ball, you just kind of look at those moments and say, why is Melvin Gordon running the ball? Hopefully with a new coaching staff, uh, for those that don't remember, what was it, fourth and one? I think it was fourth and one. They decide to run the ball. Fangio runs the ball. He has Melvin Gordon run the ball. He fumbles. That's the play where uh, Teddy Two Gloves does not go for the tackle. Total game changer. Anyways, <laughs> I think there's going to be more appropriate timing of said of said person or, or said feature back quote on who's going to run the ball. So I don't I don't think it's necessarily feature cow cowbell type situation. I think it's it's going to be situational. So it's interesting that both of you guys feel that way because I, I mean obviously we can't put all of our stock in fantasy rankings. But yes, we can. Pretty much unanimously. Javante Williams is being drafted way ahead of Melvin Gordon in something you would assume more of an 80-20-70-30 type of split. And that tells me that that those those may be way off. So it's interesting to me that you guys say that. I agree that there'll be a more even split than what, say, the average draft position is saying. But I think we're talking more of a 60-40, even to a 70-30, because I do think Javante Williams has that ability to take that step. And if he does, you keep feeding that guy the rock. And frankly, guys, load management, screw load management. They're not going to probably ever pay Javante Williams anyways. They got are going to ride him for the next three years and offer him a middling deal when it comes time and then probably move on to the next guy. It's what you do with running backs in this league. It's unfortunate, but... You take advantage of the guy if you feel like he can be a star for you. Yeah, I, I just w- was Melvin Gordon getting paid like seven million dollars. Still, uh, yeah, God. it's something like that, isn't it? I could be wrong on Checking. that. Yeah, good, good, good. It's fact check. Over it's a here, one year deal though, so one that year is telling. Two, one year, two point five. Oh, that's that's it. Why I was okay, thinking. good, yeah. good, good. Okay, we were, okay, we were okay. Way low. Yeah. I was way off. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, two point five million. Then yeah, yeah, I could. I guess I could see that, Jared. I just, uh, I feel like, I feel like with all the injuries you know that you're going to get you you want to have a guy let me put it this way how many running backs out there even exist still in the nfl that have a 70 percent workload i mean obviously derrick henry comes to mind i i know pittsburgh has done that sure uh, yeah you're right there's there's, there's a handful maybe but there's really not that many i mean a 60 40 split is is much more you know, uh, with the norm of what this NFL is these days, it just, you know, for whatever, it's a copycat league, right? That's what they always say is that's the buzzword, right? So, uh, it seems like that's just, that's the way they do it. And whether that's because they want to have some load management, they think that it just is better to have fresher legs in there, you know, a little more energy. Um, I'm not sure, but that's just what we see. And I, I do not think that the Broncos are going to just buck that trend and go all in like a Derrick Henry type situation. I don't see it happening. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if he was just Derrick Henry 2.0? That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take half of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, and it's it's so nuts. And I think we've talked about it on this show before when you look at Derrick Henry's stats and he has just destroyed it through the first six or seven years of his career. And he would have to like triple that production to even come close to Emmett Smith and that all-time rushing record. It's insane. It is. Those it is numbers. Insane. And Derrick Henry, in my mind, is the best running back we've seen in a long time. I mean, Adrian Peterson's like the next one that comes to mind, right, in that group with right. him. But I, I think he's been... Yeah, he's yeah been much, much like we're seeing 
in a different way, but much like we're seeing with quarterbacks who are breaking all these records, like just shattering, you know, you go look at all-time passers, all-time passing yards, pretty much any quarterback stat, even rushing yards by a quarterback is all going through the roof. Like like the top 20 is is just a whole bunch of guys that have, you know, I mean, there's, there's a couple old-timers on there too, but um, so much in the way that quarterbacks are shattering every quarterback record that's ever been held, and it seems like it's going to keep doing that, Running backs, on the other hand, likely will never break many of these records, uh, or at least not until the game makes a significant shift again. Because, like you said, it's just they're so out of reach. There's you don't have those those situations anymore where you're just seeing somebody get you know three thousand yards in the season and and a whole bunch of carries. You, you know, know it'd be cool to see, and I am definitely not the mind to do this. This might be a project for Tyler Wallace. He's he's got the brain for this. Is see like a graph or a chart of. You know the records as they're going up. You know for quarterbacks and going down for running backs on on your average and by other positions too, where you kind of see the variance. Where like you're talking about, all the quarterback records keep getting broken over and over again, and they're getting far and farther away from it with running backs. It, it's kind of that opposite effect. And maybe when you talk about defensive positions or wide receiver stats and things like that, you'd see some of the same trends. So it's just kind of an interesting thought. I think it'd be a cool graph to look at how yeah. that trends over the years. That like would I be said, it would be interesting, cannot. but but now. I mean, nowadays, think about it. Like, how many 2,000... It's pretty freaking rare to have a 2,000-yard rusher anymore. You know what I mean? It's it's not that rare to have 2,000-yard rushers. I mean, that does happen, right? True. Um, but it just it just doesn't exist like that anymore. It's uh, So, yeah, I, I, I can't see Melvin Gordon so taking a backseat. Fade Javante Williams in fantasy football. That's what we're hearing. That is the Ooh. expert fantasy advice <laughs> I from Connor Hall's camp. I don't know if I'd call it that. <laughs> you but, definitely uh, said that. He said it. No, wow. he said it. <laughs> I think I even heard himself call himself an expert fantasy football. Yeah, I heard. I definitely heard that too. I believe this is how rumors get started. <laughs> no. oh, it's not like uh, you know. It's not like this is out there now for everyone to hear. Connor last two thousand yard rusher was Adrian Peterson in twenty twelve, and then Chris Johnson in two thousand nine, and then Jamal Lewis in two thousand three, and then our boy Terrell Davis in ninety eight, and then a couple more after that. But Barry Sanders, Sorry. Eric Dickerson, and then we get to the juice 10 years that's 10 years it's been since Eight. there's been well 10 years wow it is 2022 2022 Jesus. yeah wow we're well, getting I, old. that's that actually surprises me i would have thought derrick henry had one in there just off the top of my head i you know i think he's been on pace a couple times and, and then, then just, had injuries yeah. or well, obviously or he got that big injury well derrick, derrick henry did have the 2000 yard rushing season oh in 2020 yeah. Oh, oh, we missed that. Okay. Well, you just said the last one. Oh, was... I'm so sorry. Before Derrick Henry. Oh, I'm so sorry. okay. Yeah, he still... definitely ran for 2,000 okay. yards. So sorry. Okay. That makes way more sense. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, okay. Now my brain can reconcile yeah. that. Yeah. Connor's the look on his eyes over there. No, he but... definitely he definitely did. I'm so sorry. I, I, I was shocked. I was. I was I was, yeah, yeah, I, no, was. I was shocked. Did. Jared saw. I was like, yeah. I was really confused there for a second. <laughs> it's like, wait, I feel like I've seen this. <laughs> feel like Where have I it. seen this before? Mm-hmm. All right, before we move off the Broncos, I want to touch on one other thing. We've talked about a little bit in, in with the injury of Tim Patrick, but now the, the injuries are kind of piling up a little bit. I mean, it's not getting nothing too crazy, not a ton of season-ending injuries or anything, but quite a few wide receivers listed as questionable, things like that. How concerned are you about the injury status of the Broncos and how much will that impact how they play guys in the preseason? I mean, it's obviously not good to have a whole bunch of injuries here in a training camp, especially especially when you see Hackett's been getting criticized by some people and praised by others on how off, you know, hands-off, uh, careful kid gloves he is treating this training camp, right? Uh, and, it, you know, it's, it's really, I guess it just shows you, like, the, 
what can you do sometimes, right? I mean, you, you can have no contact. You can make sure you're just being super careful. And uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, still just a couple bad breaks. And uh, But no, I'm, you know, it's, it's concerning always when you get injuries. But I, it doesn't seem, you know, too bad so far. Tim Patrick, that was a big loss. Um, but this, this Brandon Johnson guy looking pretty good you, you've you've seen anything about this guy yeah and you know i'll buy it when i start to yeah. see it against yeah fair you enough know, real competition and maybe that's preseason maybe we're even talking to the regular season but yeah i've just i feel like i've seen that story before what was that uh i've always forget his name they always call him sunshine that the oh uh uh, he was with the Broncos yeah. on the practice squad for he wore several years, and every year was know, his year. Right? He was gonna, he was gonna break out. He, he was a fan favorite for sure. Jordan Taylor, Jordan, Jordan Taylor, Taylor. and just I'll believe it when I see it. There's been a lot of guys in practice that have looked good. I hope so. I hope. I mean, this is how you found, you know, not as the Broncos finding Tim Patrick, but you. This is how guys like Tim Patrick get discovered. You know, they they're not always taken in the early rounds. Sometimes you get them as undrafted guys, and they pan out for you. So. I hope that works out, but just on top of Tim Patrick listed right now, this is according to ESPN.com, on the injury report, uh, Tyree Cleveland is listed questionable for this game. Uh, Cartilage damage in his neck looks like he's actually, according to Mike Kliss, going to be out for the rest of the preseason. I don't know how you're questionable at that point then. Uh, And then KJ Hamler uh, is questionable, you know, coming back from that ACL. This seems like maybe a little more precautionary keeping him out because I know he has been practicing some at least um I, I don't think he's been in at least my him at least to my knowledge he has not been in the 11 on 11 okay type of, so that that um, makes sense than him not and he probably won't see him throughout the preseason i would think as well or at least not this game you think you think he might be in i think i think he might make an appearance for sure yeah i, I think i think so i think he'll get on there for a little bit but uh, yeah, I can see him not playing this game. Who else we got? I know we got Cortland Sutton's dealing with a shoulder. And they don't list him on here. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. They don't list him on here. They got Ronald Darby's questionable as Darby. well. Uh, Ran- guy, Randy Gregory out. Billy Turner out. Uh, obviously, Demaria Crockett, who went down as well. ACL. ACL for him as well. And then uh, Natane Mutai. Mute? Mutai? Muti. Muti. Every other one. I chose every other vowel to go with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's questionable as well, but it, it looks like it's a knee issue for him. But So they don't have Cortland Sutton, and you've kind of mentioned that yeah, a couple been, of times. He's been dealing with a shoulder, so, uh, so they, they, I think that was the exact quote, a, a little shoulder thing. Yeah, which so. <laughs> that, that's to me where just don't put that guy out there. Don't put him out there. If that means all preseason, don't put him out there. Make sure he's good to go come regular season. Yeah, no, so... Uh, it, Hey, man, you read me that list. It seems like they're doing all right, man. Tim Patrick, you know, obviously that's a big blow, but um, you know who I'm excited to see? Who's that? Jonas Griffith. Okay. Uh, It's looking like he's going to be the starting inside linebacker alongside Josie Jewell. And uh, for those who may or may not know who Jonas Griffith is, the Broncos actually got him in a trade. I believe it was last year after the preseason. Uh, they traded with with the 49ers. We gave him a sixth-round pick and a seventh-round pick, uh, and we got back a seventh-round pick and this linebacker, Jonas Griffith. Uh, and he's been he's been playing alongside Josie Jewell in these 11-on-11s in the full-team scrimmages and things as the second starting inside linebacker. Now, I know they brought in Alex Singleton. Uh, that's the name, right? Alex Singleton yeah. from uh, the Eagles. Yep. And but but it's looking like he's going to be relegated to a backup role. And uh, he's special been a special teams. teams guy throughout his career. I mean, a really good. I mean, he's he's played defensively, but he's a very good special teams guy. Alex Singleton is. He, he is, yeah. But he, I mean, he also 
Man, I want to say he led the Eagles in tackles, maybe. I mean, he was up there. He was like... That just means your D-line sucks, so you're the guy that catches <laughs> the balls and come through. Uh, he, he did get a lot of tackles when he played at times. Um, I think he's kind of a, a, a heady guy, too, a cerebral guy. Um, but yeah, no, so this Jonas Griffith has, has been looking really good. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the Broncos... Uh, Oh, uh, what's his name? Alexander Johnson uh, had Alexander Johnson last year. Uh, Josie Jewell, and then man, I'm spacing on the third. Well, they one. had Baron Browning Bar- that they moved mm-hmm. to outside linebacker this year. He's he's really exclusively playing at the edge role. I think they may still play him a little bit off ball. Um, who who are we missing? There's one more there. There there was one more that the Broncos lost, and it'll come to me. Man, uh, anywho, so that they let two of the three of them go, right? So Josie Jules, the only inside linebacker that they signed, uh, and they let the other two go. Alexander Johnson, by the way, I'm pretty sure is still a free agent. Uh, and there's definitely a push on on social media. That, you know, Broncos fans want him back. Um, but no, it's a, it's kind of looking in hindsight that the Broncos might have known what they had in this guy. And and acted, you know, George Payton might have acted ahead of the game here and, and got rid of the other guys saying, hey, we're going to start this guy. We, we know he's here. And maybe it's just a case of all of us being a little bit slow on the uptake to, to figure out who he is. But I'm excited to see him, you know, because that inside linebacker has been a, a, a puzzle, a mystery for the Broncos the last few seasons. You well, know, I'm going to use that to transition to our next topic. But uh, it's before, Kenny Young. But, Kenny, Kenny Young, Young, there he is, yes. which they also had made the trade to get him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, any anybody, I know you said you, you don't care. You probably aren't even watching, are you? I haven't really been following too much of training camp. I, I honestly prefer when they have the 53-man roster. Yeah. I think with sports, it. I think more of it comes down to practice as opposed to play. I think just having watched the NFL just like the rest of us, you have these guys that you root for that no matter what – they're always on the bubble no matter what, and they're looking for a certain thing, like does he make the tackle on special teams? How hard does he run on a kickoff? Things like that where they're looking for that as opposed to talent. It's more of fit. So for those reasons, I wait for the uh, the, the full roster to come out. Okay, okay. I'm just excited to see Russ. I really am. I, I'm, I, oh, yeah. I hope he plays a little bit. I, I honestly wouldn't play him if it was me, but I hope he does play a little bit because I want to see him just, just out there in that, in that jersey looking good. So, uh, But I'm going to take the, take the opportunity. You brought up the linebacker position, and I want to transition to a, a little different topic. I want to I wanna take a look around the NFL. We're going to do some kind of quick hits around the NFL, things that are going on in camp for other teams that, that you're hearing in the national media, one of which is today – Roquan Smith, linebacker for the Chicago Bears, who's coming up due for that big first contract. He's a first-round guy. He's been very productive for them. The, the Bears put some real funky language in there, and I don't. this really just kind of the information is just coming out now as we speak, so I don't have it all in front of me. But basically, Roquan Smith, he actually held out as a rookie because they did funky stuff with his contract. Now they're doing the same thing again, and he is now demanding a trade. Is that a guy that you would like to see the Broncos pursue? And at what cost? Because it ain't going to be cheap. Is that somebody you want to see them go after? Rokon Smith. Ah, so, th- so this is coming out today, huh? Yeah, it's just like, I think on my way in here, I saw it. Do you want me wow. to pull up pull up what I saw? If I yeah, no, my, that's... Uh, yeah, I, I just, I'll, I'm yeah, just I'll go. I, I think, cool. um, oh, yeah, quote from Rokon Smith. They refuse to get negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been take it or leave it. The deal sent to me is one that would be bad for myself and for the entire linebacker LB market if I signed it. And quote, obviously you want a guy like that. I think it's a little bit too expensive based on what the Broncos have or need. I don't really need, know what positions you could afford uh, to give up for a player like that. Right now, when you look at over the cap, 
He's only signed through this season. Yeah, you'd be still getting him on his rookie deal. I still don't like it. Point. I still think you're giving up value for a guy that you don't necessarily know that you can afford. Yeah, I, I think I think the value for one, unless you're throwing all your chips in and saying this is it, this is this is our our year. Um, I, I don't necessarily. Obviously, you want a guy like that, but um, I just don't yeah, necessarily don't. see. Go ahead, Connor. No, I just yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know who you would see this trade. Maybe draft picks. If, if that's you think the unfortunate get, thing is, can you fit it in your salary? I, I, don't, and, I don't know that the Broncos can afford it with their draft picks that they don't have now with with getting Russell right, Wilson. But right. to me, this could be the leader and captain of your defense for years to come. You can build around this guy. He was a stud coming out of college. He's been a stud in, in his time so far in the NFL. He's been in a terrible situation in Chicago, no less. But, so wait one year and go sign him as a free agent. And sure, that's great, but are you maybe able to get him at a discounted price right now because he's demanding a trade? This is a guy who's where demanded he's not, a trade. He held out for, you know... Because they're doing i mean it was well i mean the contracts in in the rookie contracts now are set in stone the right. pricing is set in stone unless a team decides to throw funky clauses in there uh joey bosa also held out recently uh you know a few years back same deal where the ownership got funky with it they decided to try to add extra stuff in there and the player said screw you i'm not doing it so i don't think you can hold that against the guy at all because it's obvious that's what they were doing because they're doing it again now to me if there's any possibility you can get roquan smith you get that guy i I would love him so much. It is a position of need. Oh. It has been a position of need since Al Wilson played here, guys. No, uh, Al no. Wilson. Yeah, hey, I like. The I mean, that's now. been that long since we've had a true good, great middle linebacker. Uh, true, but okay. So I'm just reading this. Spot Track believes that Smith is in line to sign a five-year, eighty-eight point one eight million dollar extension with an average annual value of seventeen point six million. It's all funny money. It's all funny. All right, money. Jared, can, is it? I, I just don't know. Can can you? DMs are getting paid that. Can you afford to pay eighty-eight million dollars? To a middle linebacker, when you are trying to negotiate a contract extension with Russell Wilson, when you got guys, uh, you know, I mean, yes, because you have your receiving core is very cheap right now. Yeah. Comparatively, did you see the contracts these guys just signed this offseason? They got those guys at a steal signing them last year. Their entire receiving mm. core is barely making as much as some of these top guys. So that's a steal. I think you have other positions of where your value is good. That's what you do with the cap, man. You, you you manipulate it, you front load, you back load, you do what you got to do. They could make it happen if they wanted to. It, but it's just, it's just unfortunate that I don't think what they can offer to the Bears would would be enough. I, I think if anyone else, I mean, I do believe other teams are going to be making trade offers. I think first round picks, at least a first round pick, is involved. Probably not more than that, but I have to think that he's getting top value coming out of it. So it's unfortunate. I don't think the Broncos will be able to get him, but I would love to see. An op- so, a situation. Well, and I, I just it. looked it up for the heck of it. Denver Broncos are 15th, like almost dead in the middle of the league in terms of what they're paying their wide receivers. So well, I wouldn't call them dirt cheap. Like they, they are for like and, caliber. Well, and something to think fine, about too. You don't have 88 million to just throw at a linebacker. And I, I would like to he say I, 17 d- I don't think the Broncos. <laughs> I don't think the Broncos have necessarily given up on Jerry Judy. I think he's got two year this year, and then the following year left of his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that he comes out and plays, and then at that point you've got Tim Patrick with one year left on his deal. So at that point you do have to pay Jerry Judy. So I think you're kind of at that point choosing in regards to what you want. So I, I think the Jerry Judy piece is also something to. 
definitely consider based on production. Go get him. Go get him. Okay, next one up. Deshaun Watson. A suspension has finally come through and then was appealed. It was a six-game suspension. The NFL has appealed it, uh, reportedly seeking upwards of a year suspension, and there's sort of that fight in between there. More than likely, this will get extended longer. Uh, but interesting precedent for the NFL and this arbitrator to have set because you flash back a, a you know almost a half decade ago now between to uh Roethlisberger and Ezekiel Elliott both had similar kind of situations with one allegation against them both got six games Deshaun Watson has 24 of these allegations against him I think 23 of which have been settled in his defense right but the NFL or, or, or this arbitrator recommends the same six-game suspension. To me, that's it's nuts. I, I absolutely think you're going to see this go a lot higher. I'm thinking you may see upwards of 8 to 12 games towards the 10 to 12 high end because I just think it makes sense. It, it, you can't. There's been such an outcry from people. You're going to see them push back. What do you guys think? I think that the arbitrator was unanimously selected by both the NFL Players Association and the league. And when you have somebody that was unanimously voted to arbitrate as opposed to delegate to Roger Goodell, I think you have to honor that system whether or not you agree or disagree with it. That said, I I didn't pour over the hours and hours of tapes and written testimony from the accusers. So I don't know. I, I It seems like a lot of back and forth and it seems like a lot of face saving from the NFL. Yeah, see, uh, you bring up uh, Roethlisberger and who, who's the other one you bring up? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ah, oh, there you go. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, now, uh, Nick brought up a good point because one of the key differences between the suspensions dished, uh, dished out in those cases and the suspension to Deshaun Watson is those weren't decided by a third-party mediator, right? Had a third-party mediator negotiated all that, uh, you, you might not have seen that. You know, that was a, that was a Roger Goodell banhammer decision, right? And, and we've seen... We've seen so many wonky things with the NFL and their suspensions over the years, right? I mean, up is down, down is up. No one has any idea whatever goes on with these suspensions from the NFL. There seems to be no consistency whatsoever historically in NFL suspensions. Especially since Godell's been Um, So uh, with that said, I actually think... I would like to see them do this more often moving forward. Maybe you can actually find some semblance and consistency uh, with these suspensions. Because even from just like a fantasy football standpoint, right? Like, I, I have Alvin Kamara. I need to right? know what's going to happen <laughs> with my roster, I know, man. I know, I know. And I, hey, uh, I know. Okay. Just so you know, lives, I've you seen know? Alvin Kamara's... Uh case has been pushed back so he won't be even going to court until mid-season Ooh, there you go but see insider information but you still have no idea what's gonna happen i mean like it is so maddening with the inconsistency on these things i would love to see them have arbitrators in more of these instances and i think that's a huge point as to why this one's different i actually don't think you're gonna see much of it I, I you I might you might see a game or two added. So the reason I think that it's going to be really pushed higher is I don't know. I seem to be the only person of the three of us that really, regardless of what you think, right or wrong, whether he did it, didn't do it, he's obviously everything. There's been no criminal charges, anything like that. But the perception, man, the NFL and their image off of this will take a hit if they don't push this higher. But does this arbitrator care about no, the NFL? No, but the NFL perception? does. That's why they appealed it. And by all accounts, the guy that they have you know, mediating over it now is a much tougher, stricter guy. So 
you may see this, like I said, go up. I'll be shocked if this is not moved up at least to eight games. I'm thinking 10 to 12. You're going to see with this because there's eight, been yeah. enough pushback, just like with the Ray Rice situation. When there's enough pushback, they will give in. I don't care if it's yeah. an arbitrator or the NFL. They will give in to that public uh, Yeah, pressure. but the difference is is that he got Ray Rice got the suspension that he did, and then he never played again, and that was sort of their black Because he was system. washed up. I don't know about that. He's washed up. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was not a franchise quarterback in his prime. That's for sure, right? He was a he was Deshaun a, Watson is evidence a of what it what the difference is between being a star and doing this and being a you know possibly aging washed up running back. Okay, I'm not even going to say he was washed up. I am, but you don't have to agree with me, but. You can agree he was an aging running back. Nobody's going to take a chance on an aging running back. Just like well, Colin Ray- Kaepernick doesn't get a chance because he's a quarterback that's been out of the league for seven years who was slightly above average Ooh, when he was in. Well, you're going there now, huh? I am. You're going I there am. now. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the guys like Deshaun Watson will always get a chance because he's a superstar. Yeah. yeah. And they, had, they had an arbitrator. caught on camera punching a girl in the face. Yeah, they had an arbitrator so. that they both agreed on. <laughs> Again, I don't agree or disagree with it. I just think she poured over this person. It was a female attorney poured over hours and hours of tape and made her decision. Therefore, she is the most educated to actually give a result. No, fair. All right. Well, speaking of violations, the Miami Dolphins were busted last week for tampering, not once, but twice with Sir Tom Brady, both Mm. while he was with the New England Patriots and while he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, They were docked a 2023 first round pick a 2024 third round pick the owner steven ross was fined 1.5 million dollars and like a dollar the best part of this all is steven ross the owner might be stefan i don't know it's a ph i never know we're gonna go with (laughs) steph uh best part is he's suspended through the October 17th. Like the owner not being present at the facility or games has any impact on the team whatsoever or his ability to watch it. He's just going to watch it at home. It's not like it really matters. But he's suspended until October 17th. This is, guys, only the third time in NFL history that a team has been docked a first-round pick for violating league policies. Mm. Spygate? Yep. Deflategate? And I guess we're calling this Tampergate now. The common denominator, Gross. Tom Brady, Tom baby. freaking oh, Brady. Wow. Isn't that hilarious that he's been been on the team or involved with everything? And it's an interesting message. This is being sent. By the way, it wasn't just Tom Brady. Also, um, uh, Sean Payton, coach of New New Orleans, who there are rumors out there, and this is something that uh, I heard Dan Patrick talking about on his show. And I, you know, he obviously doesn't release his sources, but talking about that, there were a lot of rumors out there that. Um, Sean Payton retired because he was going to take this Dolphins job. And then when things got a little hairy, the Dolphins went in a different direction and Sean Payton kind of got left out in, you know, for the Wolves. But the crazy thing is, is the neither, Wolves get him. neither Tom Brady or Sean Payton face any penalties for this. An interesting message that the NFL is sending. Well, how about Tom Brady? Yeah, they, 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 they Tom con- Brady no, they is con- under contract. Yeah, He's but not- they contacted him. Yeah, Tom they, Brady yeah. didn't reach out yeah. to the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah, yeah bad, You're bad telling take. me that That's he wasn't a, negotiating in bad faith while he was under contract? Uh, I mean, okay, these quote, these discussions began no later than early of December 2021 and focused on Mr. Brady become a, becoming a limited partner in the Dolphins and possibly serving as a football executive. 
although at times they also included the possibility of his playing for the Dolphins. Tom Brady didn't do anything wrong. They approached him. Mm-hmm. They approached him. And also, by the way, Steph Ross, $1.5 million fine. They say he's worth $8.2 billion. Chomp, Be like boy. Chomp change. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh no, it's it's not the same. I, you can't blame. No, Sean Payton, I could see, you know, obviously, obviously that could play a role. I mean, he could get in trouble for that. It's the onus is not on the players to, you know, not. Well, what are they supposed to do? Just I can't talk to you. Not take down. the meeting. The college college football players lose their scholarship if they have lunch with a sponsor, at least before the NIL not anymore. Stuff. I mean, come on. That, it's not that hard to be like, hey, no, I'm under contract. That You know what, Connor? That's like being in a committed relationship and then hooking up with a girl like, well, she came on to me. What was I supposed <laughs> to do? It would have been rude not to kiss her back. I mean, come on, oh, Connor. Oh, wow. That's, wow that's you got me weird. there. That's pretty weak. Although, yeah, you're right. That is like that. So let's not do, I mean, <laughs> fine by me. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Hey, hey, real quick. Did you guys see the, did you guys see the, the, the quick story that came out about uh, Peyton Manning? No. No. <laughs> so Joe Thomas, you know, uh, yep. offensive tackle, great player, Hall of, Hall of, future Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Next the, year, I think he becomes eligible. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, apparently it came out that in 2015, uh, Peyton Manning, Gave him a call. I, it made me think of it because you were tampering. And I don't think this is tampering, but I really don't know how those rules work. So maybe it is tampering. I don't know. But so Tom Brady called him during the 2015 season when Joe Thomas was under contract. And, you know, this is according to Joe Thomas. He says, I picked up the phone and Manning's like, hey, man, it's Peyton. As you know, Ryan Clady got hurt and we need a left tackle. Do you want to win a Super Bowl with me? And, uh, you know, Thomas was thinking about this. He kind of gave him an answer. He's like, I don't know if anyone ever really says no to Peyton Manning, but I kind of gave him an answer that I really like Cleveland and I found a home here and I want to I want to be here when we turn the franchise around, yada, yada. Besides, I have to get traded and our GM, you know, doesn't want to trade me. And and Peyton goes, I already got it planned. He's like, I, I already know what to do about that. Elway, I was talking to Elway. You're right. Your GM, he doesn't want to trade trade you. So here, here's uh, here's the game plan. Now this is where I'm getting into a quote now again. All right, here's the game plan. Go into your GM's office when he's not there. Pull your pants down and take a shit on his desk. <laughs> that was what Peyton Manning allegedly told Boom. Joe Thomas. Uh, and he goes, then they can't do anything but trade you, and now you can come win a Super Bowl with me. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Apparently, Joe Thomas laughs, and, you know, I appreciate your humor as always, Peyton, but uh, I cannot defecate on the GM's desk, and uh, we will not be doing that. So it never came to pass. Uh, you know, of course, the Broncos did go on and, and win a Super Bowl, but... Uh, See, Joe Thomas, I'm pretty sure he's a Wisconsin boy. He's a, you know, he's a Midwest guy, if I'm not mistaken. I could be totally wrong on that. I'm just making that up. Off the top of my head, but <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty, Wisconsin. Pretty yeah. sure he was out of Wisconsin. Man, that seems like a Midwest thing now, to do. Now, is that tampering? And is uh, telling a guy to take a shit in the GM's <laughs> office? I think, I, I, I don't know. I think that's just a good old-fashioned prank, no, I, mean, I mean, could you reach out to somebody who's on con- in contract with uh, another team as a player and, like, say, you need to come over to our team this year? I have year? no idea. It, I don't know. It yeah. seems to me like that would be tampering, but oh. I, I don't know. Apparently, it doesn't matter what the players do. See, it's only see, if an owner if it's or not GM tampering, reaches out That is you. the problem with your analogy because that would be like saying it's, totally allowed for me to reach out to uh 
someone who's not my girlfriend and be like, hey. I guess, Connor, that depends on the type of relationship that you're in and whatever toys you decided to keep from your gift. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's terrible. All right. We talked a little bit about this earlier. The wide receivers are getting paid big. Debo Samuel is the most recent one. And something kind of got me thinking. Year after year, we're seeing young wide receivers pour in the NFL and have early success. Something that we saw for a long time with running backs where guys were getting paid big, but then there was a lot of young, unproven guys coming in and doing big things, and then teams started to get wise to that. And they quit paying what running backs bid because they knew they could always just flip the position and bring a new guy in. Do you expect to see something similar at the wide receiver position? Now that guys are getting upwards of $30 million a year at receiver, do you guys quit paying that and start really manufacturing those guys through the draft year after year, a la the running back position? Oh, well, you, you are seeing more and more wide receivers taken in the first round, right? Like, you, we are already seeing this. The teams are already saying, hey, we need to go out and find a bunch of talent to, to catch the ball. Look, the, the, the league has obviously gone towards passing. I mean, right? It, it doesn't take a obviously, genius. Yes. It doesn't take a genius to figure yes. that one out. Um, so, yeah, of course you're seeing people trying to go through the draft and getting a lot of wide receiver talent. But do I think it's going to course correct and uh, stop paying these guys? No. No, I absolutely do not. The wide receiver is one of the most important positions on your football team, you could argue now. I mean, behind a quarterback, a lockdown corner, an edge rusher. And then I would say wide receiver. Tackle. Like, you know, okay, all right, maybe a left tackle, right? And, and then right there is your wide receiver. I mean, like, the, it's in that position. So, no, I don't – I mean, go – let's take a look at the last teams to, you know, win a Super Bowl, right? We got the Rams, right? They got a big paid wide receiver who would who would have – they would have paid him the same plus, amount if he was up for the contract at the right time. Well, right? and plus I mean, you get an Odell Beckham Jr. who at one time was a very big time. Right, absolutely. Receiver. And then, I mean, just in recent memory, and then you – yeah, I'm just going off the top of my head. And then what? You had the the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Um, who had a high paid wide receiver? Two of them, and, and Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin, right? Those are two. But Chris Godwin's yet to get that right. big money That's deal. True, yet, though. true. Um, but I guess my point is, I, I'm trying to think in in recent, you know, even looking back to the Broncos in 2015, right? They had DT and Emmanuel Sanders. It seems to me that. One of the many themes that happens to Super Bowl winning teams is they have at least one guy that they would probably pay that money to. So I guess to me, you're actually proving my point. And that's what I'm saying is we've seen this. This has been a trend for a while now. Receivers getting paid. And in my mind, I believe the success that guys like Jamar Chase had, like Justin Jefferson, like all these guys getting paid now, the DK Metcalfs, second rounder, Terry McLaurin third rounder, you know, these later drafted guys that are having that success early, young, I really think in the next five plus years, you're going to see teams when that guy comes up for that big money deal going, nah, I'm good. You go ahead and get paid by Jacksonville or New York Jets or whoever's going to buy you, and we're going to redraft the next guy to fill those shoes, just like you're seeing teams do with running backs. I really think that you're going to start to see that because you can't pay guys $30 million to be your fifth or sixth most valuable position. It's what you guys were just saying before about Roquan Smith at $17 million at an inside linebacker spot. It The value just isn't there. You can find a cheap young guy to 
to give you pretty close to that production, and then you're starting to get your money well, ball. Obviously, the uh, the going. Chiefs are testing that theory this year. It's exactly right. I mean, right? That that's kind of the, I think the team that is exemplifying that more than anybody. But but then again, the Chiefs obviously have a very high paid and you know arguably I don't even think it's very arguable the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. Uh, so they already have their top end top tier receiving talent. Yeah, I mean, I, they're they're kind of testing the theory, right? That we don't need to sit here and and extend Tyreek Hill, right? We have such a good court. We have a great quarterback who we believe is a future Hall of Famer, uh, a great franchise guy, uh, and we don't need to pay Tyreek Hill. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if that really affects the Chiefs that much. Um, going forward, but and, and obviously look at New England, right? The way New England has done it for so long, they didn't pay, go out and pay. I mean, obviously, I, I, the, the last big, big time receiver I can think of that they paid money for was Randy Moss. But they didn't pay; they and, got him pennies on the dollar because he was on well, a, at a low point in his career. And I, I don't know if they ended up giving him a contract, but right. they got him That's for true. like a mid round draft pick That's or true, something yeah. like that. So I mean, I think I think yeah. New England is a, is an example that have, that have gotten through. I mean, hey, if your quarterback is good enough, right, you might not need to go pay. $30 million. I think, uh, you know what? As I'm talking through this, I think that might be one of the bigger things, right? If you have top three quarterbacks in the league, like you have elite Hall of Fame quarterback play, you probably don't need to go out and pen, spend $30 million on a, on a receiver when you can go spend that shoring up your defense, getting getting edge rushers and lockdown corners and all these other important positions, right? Because you have such a good quarterback. Now, if you have... Those quarterbacks in the 5 to 12 range, which I believe you need to have to have a chance at winning a Super Bowl consistently. Those Joe Flacco types? <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> Joe Flacco types. We're not even going to get down this road. But I think if you have that kind of second tier quarterback, you know, it's not the Aaron Rodgers. It's not the Tom Brady's. It's not the Peyton Manning's. You don't have these just top tier guys. I think I do. I, I absolutely think that you're still going to see a need for a very, very valuable wide receiver. And if you don't have that through the draft, that absolutely means going out and spending the money on one, especially if you're not paying your quarterback ungodly amounts, right? You can afford to do that. So that's a pretty good point with that is it really does end up in your situation, but watch it. I think we're going to see that where the value of wide receivers is going to be viewed very differently as we move forward. When you got to pay a guy 30 million coming out of it, uh, Bill Belichick has pulled the most Bill Belichick move yet. Mm. Is that possible? Yes. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. He has decided not to name a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. <laughs> they just don't have coordinators on their Are team. <laughs> so they have offensively. Uh, Matt Patricia is the senior football advisor. And Joe Judge is offensive assistant. They will both be play, calling plays together. Neither of them gets the title. Both, by the way, former head coaches. Okay, Defensively, it's a little more traditional roles, but still nobody in that coordinator, coordinator position. Linebackers, and, and wait, wait for the trend in names you start to hear here. Linebackers coaches Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo, who I know Gerard Mayo was discussed for head coaching positions. Yeah. So yeah. he would have been potentially a candidate there. Uh, D-lines is Demarcus Covington. Not a guy that I'm familiar with at all. I, mm. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, DBs is Brian Belichick. Got a couple of them Belichicks mm. in there uh, in, in those roles. So I think maybe Do I he smell was, some uh, nepotism. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe he didn't. He, he was going to give it to one of his kids, and then people <laughs> people were going to freak out. But how Belichick is that? Right? Like, no, we don't need coordinators. <laughs> we, we, we have coaches. Coaches do their jobs. We don't need coordinators. No, I wonder how their coaches feel about that. 
Like, is that going to hurt them? Uh, you know, Matt Patricia, just like take Matt Patricia, for example, right? Is that going to hurt him that he doesn't have a coordinator spot? Or is everyone going to look at it and be like, hey, for all intents and purposes, he is the defensive coordinator. Like, like what? I mean, I don't know. I, I just wonder how I, they think so about weird. that. It's just so weird. I've never heard that before. What's his advantage? I mean, I, I can't even fathom what he might possibly be trying to do there. Right. Yeah, really? I, I agree. I don't think you gain anything from it. I think it's just him being him. Nobody's talking about Belichick lately, and people like to think that he hates the drama. I think the dude loves it. <laughs> I think he wants to be all up in it. So it, I've seen it before when like a head coach is the play caller on that side of the ball to not hire a coordinator. That kind of makes sense because you're basically the coordinator. But to have both sides of it, like for him, if, if Belichick was the defensive coordinator, I get it. That's what he does. But... Yeah, but teams usually still hire a coordinator, yeah, right? Right. I mean, I mean, you look look at here, right? It's uh, I wonder. Fangio was was for all intents and purposes the D coordinator, but he still hired a coordinator. I'd be curious to know. Apparently, you can go just look at like NFL players contracts, and I wonder if you can do the coaches because that's where all the information came about Kyler Murray and that the clauses contract. Because huh. apparently, it's just like public record. You can look at it. I'd be curious to know. Maybe Belichick's got a clause in there that he gets to keep whatever's <laughs> left in his coaching pool money if if it doesn't get spent, he just gets it. So he's like, nope, not hiring a coordinator. Wow. So, all right, last one before we get out of here. This one I just had to kind of chuckle at, and I had to bring in here uh, another coach doing crazy stuff uh, a little down the Belichickian you know theory and way of going about things and 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 what we maybe saw from uh, uh, I, I can't even think of his name the coach that came for the play, coach for the Broncos that's with the Raiders now the head coach oh, of the Raiders oh um, Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels this is very Josh McDaniels esque but this is Matt Rule the coach of the Carolina Panthers has been reportedly making his team run laps anytime somebody celebrates within practice. Most notably, uh, there there was a play where uh, Rashad Higgins caught like a 65-yard touchdown pass and did a dance in the end zone, and he made the entire offense run laps because he didn't (laughs) feel like they were focused enough in there. Just taking all the fun. Our good friend of the show, Tyler Walgie, would absolutely love that rule because he is Mr. Anti-Fun, no celebration, no dancing, you know, I don't know. I, so on with, with I can't help but here. think Baker Mayfield on this team. Oh he's screwed. He's screwed. <laughs> he doesn't know how to not celebrate, man. He's sticking flags in the in the center field. Now, does I he mean, allow him to do it in the game? Well, no. I so don't I think, know. I think what I what I had read is that they have to run laps for penalties. Oh, so I think that's where it comes from. And, oh, and, and name, so name a, of the game is accountability is what he's doing. And the uh, the so Patriots the Patriots have had them do that too. And the Giants when Joe Judge was the head see, coach. I knew them. it was a Belichick thing. Wait, so is he so is he just trying to essentially put celebrations in there just to basically practice being disciplined? Correct. Like apparently because because I know I mean the Broncos. I, I went to a training camp and uh, they're all doing push ups when they have a penalty. You know okay. the there the, you know if the offense has a penalty the entire offense gets down and does push-ups if the defense has a penalty the entire defense gets down and does push-ups so what, what would you prefer running a lap or doing push-ups me uh, push-ups running a lap yeah. yeah I've never been able to do a push-up oh, properly God. like not a proper like back straight nose to the ground push-up so uh yeah, imagine Yikes. putting football pads on and then doing it. That's why I always hated bear crawling in football. That was the worst. You have full uh, pads. Besides, full. from a coaching standpoint, I think push-ups, are, it seems to me that running would be better, right? Because Yeah, you're endurance, you, right? You, uh, well, you get your conditioning up, and also you're just um, – like when you run, you you can reduce the chance of injury, right? As long as you're not like sure. overexerting yourself, which 
I don't think they're doing, right? So, you know, it seems like from a training perspective, I don't know. That's why they pay the trainers the big bucks. But it seems like doing push-ups might set you up to... Uh, you know, get injured more often. Than I don't know. Oh my God. Like I can't believe we're talking about a push up. A push up. I mean, uh, it's the same thing as, I mean, I think your push up, you're doing bench, you're doing these. Yeah, like no, that. These but guys are me, pro athletes. You're not gain, I actually agree with you. You're actually not gaining anything from push up, but maybe it's more humiliating to just make a guy drop and give you 20, right? Yeah, in the middle sure. of practice. Maybe it's yeah. a little more if it, it hits home to so you. It's a, it's a power uh, move. I just can't okay. help of thinking of remember the Titans and coach Boone, you know? Oh yeah. Football is not fun. Zero fun, sir. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you know, and and you you drop this football, I will stick my foot up your jaw. How, how many laps um, do you think they'd make him run if they wrap uh, Jeezy on the sideline like uh, Drew Locke does? Uh, you know what? Good thing he's playing for Pete Carroll. <laughs> apparently, Pete he's Carroll. Looking, apparently he's looking pretty good. Pete, I don't know. Oh, really? Of course he is. Really? Of course he is. Apparently he's looking. You gotta good. sell that, baby. You gotta sell it to that. Seattle we still have that, that bet, by the way. On uh, we gotta put that on the bet board that on who will be the Seattle Seahawks starter week one. Yep, because we had um. Drew Locke and you had Geno Smith, I believe. Correct. I don't believe this you is... Did. I'm going to need to see the tape on this. We'll roll it. We'll roll it. That's the great thing about this podcast. See, it's recorded, so we can go back, check it out. You know? Because I feel like you start Drew Locke just to lose games, right? <laughs> that's, that's the play anyways. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Keep tuning in. We're going to get to some real serious football talk coming up here once we start to get some good stuff going. Make sure you find us on Twitter, at Red Rock Sports 1. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in.